freaking auto! This, this is Brock and Salk. I don't read the internet, guys. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. Take the bull by the hands. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. And Brooke Wire, you are. And Brooke, you are. Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Salk. Oh, what a day. Happy July 5th, the day after. Gunpowder, residue everywhere, smell of fireworks. A lot of tired bodies, eating way too much food. A lot of food last night, Matt Stretch Johnson. Matt Stretch Johnson in for Mike Salk today, tomorrow, Friday. And Salk, stay away. Yes, yeah, stay away. The Mariners win. Yeah, what is that? Is that something that, that is that a thing? When sure. he leaves, sure. this yeah. happens? Yeah, you know, just less pressure on the team, right? <laughs> so they just can go out. <laughs> they can just go out and perform. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, how you doing, buddy? You doing good? You have a good... Sorry, you have a... Caught me off guard. <laughs> good. Oh, me off. I'm great. Good. I'm, I'm really good. I'm having fun. I'm, I'm disappointed you're joining us because Maura and I and Justin were doing just fine. Yeah. Uh, okay. I also think you signed one of the best sports radio contracts in the history of sports radio contracts as you just jump in. It's seven o'clock every day, but that's yep. something else. And <laughs> yes. and uh, yeah, I'm having fun. I'm having fun. It's so. I now I'm cheering for the Mariners so <laughs> selfishly. It's unbelievable. But watching Mike sure. Ford chug around the bases and Logan Gilbert do what he did. I mean, it just yep. it's been a fun couple days. But and also I have to say that when I blew things up when I was younger, they didn't sound like the car bombs that were going off in Shoreline last night. But that's. <laughs> I mean, holy lord! I mean, and I'm laying in bed like, go to sleep, it's all right. And then kaboom! And I'm like, oh, that was a big boy. And then ten minutes later, it's kaboom! And I'm like, what the hell? What? Where did they manufacture that? Where did they get that? So, anyways, it's just always shocking how everything grows up and grows bigger. Sure. So four game winning streak, and and there's nothing like baseball, man. Baseball can put you in the worst of moods on a day. Day basis doing a morning show the day after really brutal rough games. Yeah, it could put you in with just one win in a great mood. All of a sudden, two, three, four. I mean, last year's fourteen game winning streak was insane for weeks on end leading into the All Star game. Uh, but to, to find a way now to scratch out back to back wins, series wins against good teams. First, the Rays over the weekend, which we talked a ton about on Monday. Uh, finding a way to come back in that game. Then you go down to the Bay Area, and you've really controlled you know, both of these games. You've pitched phenomenally. You've hit really well. Yeah, there's been production up and down the line. You mentioned Mike Ford on his birthday just delivering yesterday. You know, a four-game win streak, and all of a sudden, you start looking at standings, and you start looking at what's ahead, and you get back to 500. And baseball has an amazing, amazing way, Stretchy, of bringing you right back in. And that is what is so great and so frustrating. And it's frustrating when you're watching a 500 team. And I put this in my minimal notes that I sent to everybody last (laughs) night. But it's like, so now you have to win two or three. You have to win two or three. You you don't have to win today. You've won the series, but you have to. You can't lose today and then lose to Houston, and you've dropped two in a row. And now you're back to exactly what you started with, whether it was the Nationals or San Francisco and Houston. So I don't want to say pressure on, but 
you you always you taught me something with the Seahawks and and during the broadcasts of even when you win that kind of camouflages some bad things. So Seawald wants that pitch back, right? Mm-hmm. I mean that's a monster three run shot to make it tight, but you forget about it because you won the game, and yeah. that's the bottom line. So we go away and then we come back with two wins to talk about, and all of a sudden you're just energized. I mean Logan Gilbert, what he does, and Mike Ford, what he does. That they're not the same because what Logan Gilbert did for this for the team yes. was massive. Yes. What he did for service, what he did for the bullpen, what he did collectively for the morale, for everything was a massive, massive move yesterday. It was it was there's so many layers to what Logan Gilbert did. Yeah, you could feel that early on. It's not many times that you'll listen to Dave Sims or Goldie or or whomever is on the call of the game, Rizzer on the radio side, and you're like, okay. Yeah, they really need they really need Logan to to go deep. They really need this starting. They don't ever want to put that pressure on those guys. They're out there. They get thirty five starts a year. It is a incredibly tough task to do it start in and start out. So you never want to put that much emphasis, that much pressure on any individual player. But yes, after the bullpen being taxed, after the moves that you made, and we'll get to that and need to know the trade they made just happened right after our show ended on Monday, and Seawald pitching back to back to back, and not just like back-to-back-to-back days. Remember, sandwiched in there was a one-and-two-thirds outing where he was just massive against those Rays, and he was out of gas. (laughs) And you saw that. You saw that Monday night. You're like, oh, please, just find one more out. Just find one more mitt. Just please get Paul through this because there's nothing left. And, uh, and, yeah, for Logan to spin the first career shutout, I want to get to a bunch of that sound in about 20 minutes, too. Because that was that's a type of performance, and I know it's easy to do this over the course of 162 and point to one thing and say, oh, that's the turning point. Oh, that's going to be the turning point. I'm not going to do that, but I'm going to say that is the kind of performance that's emblematic of a team that really, when the pressure is on and you do need to rise to the occasion, Logan did just that. And that, that, was, that was for the team, as you said. Not just his individual stats, which were awesome and a career best and why he stuck that ball in his back pocket. But you know that was a that was monumental for this team, and now go find a, a broom tonight and get it done in in the bay. Well, that's a great point you make. He put it in the back of his pocket. He knew how big that was for his yep. career. Middle of the season, exactly what I was thinking last night it was it's one game. And actually, you know what? No, it, no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. You gave Seawald the day off. You gave Munoz. He didn't want to use Munoz again. He yep. lifted the whole club. When Scott Service, and we'll probably play the sound later. When Scott Service talks about. You know, the the two all-star uh, additions, mm-hmm. it seemed like a little bit of a celebration that day. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, the day game, 4th of July, so on and so forth. But it seemed a little bit more than one of 162. There was so many, again, I use the word layers because what he did for the squad picked yeah. them up. I was listening to the radio call most of the day with, with Riz and Gary Hill, and you could hear in their voice inflection, Brock, and I yep. just appreciated it from what I used to do, that they were watching something special after the seventh. It just grew after the eighth, and obviously Rick Riz's final call, it, it was World Series-esque with God bless Rick Riz. But no, all joking aside, they were watching somebody who was in control and manhandling a, a lineup, this San Francisco team, they just got done sweeping L.A. Dodgers, St. Louis. They won a couple yep. more series for the Padres. So it was it was not only impressive with the opponent, it was impressive with the timing. And what about our boy? What about our boy, 4th of July Ford? What about a birthday boy on the 4th of July? 
You know, there, there have been some there have been some great sprinters, guys with great speed, <laughs> wearing those sprinters <laughs> uniforms through the years. Like, Chuggers. Yeah, and then there have been the uh, Jose Lopez's and uh, the Vogelbox, and God bless Mike Ford yesterday. I, I I mean, he takes a lot of steps. You notice that? There's a lot of sound on that sack fly that he scored on or whatever that was. He rounded there. It's like, oh, gosh. <laughs> well, I, I just thought that he there's some kind of movement where his legs get his chest going and his chest <laughs> yes. kind of is just kind of stationary and his legs are, you know, it's a little Barney Rubble-esque. Yeah, you're uh, rooting for you, inertia. You know, Come on, inertia. Keep just, going. Just keep going. Okay, hell, first please. gear. I don't know if there's a third gear. There's, there's definitely a second gear. It reminded me of a semi going up Stevens Pass. And you're yes. just, okay, come on. Now get to the peak. Get to the peak. Now go down the peak. Get going. <laughs> just get going. And, and well, so there is that deal Give there. me cut number one because uh, this kind of set the tone. They scratch out a couple runs in the first couple innings. There could have been a little bit more. Yeah, and uh, nearly a cycle. It started with the uh, big home run blast from Mr. Ford yesterday. The 1-1. Swung on, blasted, right field hammered. It is back. It is on its way. It is gone. On top of the 24-foot brick wall, Mike Ford on his birthday. A solo bash, and the Mariners extend the lead. It's 3-0 M's. Crack of that bat sounded a little bit like your shoreline fireworks last night. What huh? is with the microphones down in San Francisco? They're beautiful. Wow. Everything sounded Loud. just oh, just so pure and natural. But that ball was smoked, and he got all of it. Vogelbach Jr. just did what he does. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it was it was impressive what he was seeing yesterday. Well, you know what else is impressive? And maybe more and Justin could tell me otherwise. I don't think we've had one team, one topic dominate everything you need to know. But Stretchy said it. There's a bunch of layers, not only to that win yesterday, but what's gone on over the last 48 hours with these Mariners, what could lie ahead. I think you're going to have a fully loaded everything you need to know all about your Seattle Mariners. And uh, we'll get to that next. It's the Brock and Salk Show on your only home for All-Star Week, Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Well, here's what you need to know. First and foremost, Mariners kind of dominating the sports landscape right now. The NHL went a, went a little quiet over the 4th of July holiday. The Seahawks are hibernating three weeks before they get ready to start training camp. So it is the Mariners' world. And man, has it been some kind of good the last four days. Yesterday, it was all about the starting pitching. Yes, Mike Ford was brilliant with four big hits and nearly a cycle, two doubles, home run and a, and a single. And did you know it was on his birthday, by the way? It was on his birthday. Uh, but he he was great individually. But for the team, this was about the starting pitching. For the team, this was about Logan Gilbert. Scott service on Logan Gilbert's three-pitch second inning that set the table for his first ever complete game shutout. Yeah, you know, they had the, the crazy one inning with three, the three-pitch inning. And I always joke with our guys, like, that can never happen. And when it happened... About three or four of them came up to me and said, Skip, what would you be doing right now? I said, I'd be going crazy. And lo and behold, when you have a quick inning like that, it allows the starter to go deep. So uh, uh, Logan had plenty left in the tank. Um, after he came off, after the eighth inning, he didn't even look at me. He just stuck his fist out and kept right on walking. So, uh, you know, it was, it was funny to the guys in the, in the dugout. If Logan goes down in the tunnel, they start chanting Logan, Logan, Logan. As Woody went to the phone, I'm like, yeah, Logan's going back out, guys. Relax. We're good. 
I'm going to dig in a whole bunch more of that because I think that is fairly meaningful. And as much sound as we played about this clubhouse and this team and the dynamics and everything else, uh, that was uh, music to my my ears yesterday. Seven strikeouts, no walks, tremendous efficiency, hit 97 late in that ninth inning stretch. You said the last segment. It was everything this team needed. Everything. 105 pitches. 105 pitches. It, it's it. It kind of got depressing when you thought, oh well, he's he's up to 100 pitches, and and it's time to no man. Yep. 105 pitches. He's rolling. It, let's go. But there was no question in Scott Service's mind. He's the guy. He was the man for the Fourth of July. It was a beautiful, beautiful outing. Here's the second thing you need to know. So Monday morning, you and I roll in here, do the show after a nice series win against those Rays. A little loud, a little loud, a little loud in my ear. Me too. I'm getting, I'm getting old. There we go. A little At loud. Least it wasn't just me. <laughs> it's like, oh my goodness. Loud noises. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yes. Oh God, my fifties. Keeping you on your toes, bro. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just not that good. I can't. I gotta focus. <laughs> and uh, we do the, do a great show. Have an absolute blast. And then moments after our show ends. Well, the Mariners make a trade, or at least it became public at that point. They traded Chris Flexen, wondered how that was going to be possible with a really rough year he had and still some $4 million owed to him. And they moved Trevor God as well, their reliever. Those two to the Mets, a team they were fairly familiar with trading with. Jerry and, and crew have gotten a bunch of deals done with him. And they bring back a lefty. I'm going to call him Zach M. I think it's Muckenhern. Don't worry about him. He was DFA'd by the Mets. And I don't know if he'll see a Mariners uniform uh, this season. Um, but they make that move, stretch it immediately, right? Immediately it is, oh, look, they're just saving money. They're just saving money. Oh, here, here they go again. Here goes Mr. Stanton just saving money. Are, are you sure about that? And isn't that good business? Isn't it good to get something for Chris Flexen? And, and I know you move on from Gott, and he's been a productive reliever for you. But my goodness, if there is a position they can find and have found over the course of their tenure, it is relievers. Now the question is, that $4.5 million or so in savings, what are you going to do with that? Where's it going? Where is it going? And I don't think it goes into any pockets at this point, not with the needs of this team. So I'm not ready to go down that road and, and chastise them and just some money saving. Once. No, 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 no. These are the kind of moves I hope that we see the dominoes before the rest of them fall, either through trade or who knows, maybe even picking up somebody that was DFA'd last night. I think it, it helps both clubs. I'm just shocked they got anything for Flexen, let alone dumping his salary. I, I thought, I thought, not shocking, that's a bit much, but that they got to dump that salary mm-hmm. and, and give him a little flexibility if that's what DePoto needs to work around and, and give himself a, a little deeper pocket. I, I'm just, I was just shocked that someone yeah. could do it. Obviously, they got trade partners and buddies in, in, the, in the Mets. I mean, Schneider has friends that he's more comfortable trading with with the Seahawks. This is obviously the cl- case, but a great financial, great move for the front office. And then here we go. So, yeah. yeah. Here's the ne- when, and, and, when's the and, next step coming? And the Mets have deep pockets, right? They showed that this offseason they're willing to go, and they wanted a reliever, and you had to throw Gott in in order to move that money. If there's a position of some strength and a position that this team and, and crew has filled, I'm pretty confident that bullpen, they'll have some answers. Next. Here's the third thing you need to know. So it wasn't all just the Logan Gilbert show yesterday, although there is some tremendous sound. It was also the Julio and George Kirby show, the skipper. A little tough sound to hear. You're inside the clubhouse yesterday in San Francisco. But here's the skip, Scott Service, letting the letting the team, letting the clubhouse, and letting George and Julio know they are in the All-Star game. I did find out we have a couple more All-Stars. Oh, yeah! 
pretty cool. <laughs> I love those scenes. <laughs> pretty cool. But but again, Brock, that that atmosphere felt like. I mean, obviously, that's a great moment, right? You're adding a couple All Stars. The All Star game just happens to be in Seattle. That's odd, you know. Now you got yep. three jerseys there. But that atmosphere, I watched that video three, four times, and everyone's got themselves a little Miller Lite bottle going on, or a Miller bottle, or it looked like a Modelo. You don't know any of these things. But it, it I just thought it seemed, was a course. Yeah. It certainly wasn't a bush. bush it, just, it just seemed like a celebration. It just seemed different. Yeah. It just seemed like the vibe was everyone knew it was a monumental day, and then there was the little cherry on top where two more, yeah. two more jerseys for the All-Star game. That is everything you need to know. An entire Mariners triumvirate right there with the Trident crew. It didn't feel like a 42 and 42 clubhouse, right? I mean, exactly. I think, I think that's kind of what you're saying right yeah. there is that felt like a, not quite a playoff win or, or you've clinched anything, or, but, it, but it's certainly for a season that has been so rocky for seas that have been so rough. Right for all of the conversation, and I kind of laid it out on Monday. I, I, I'm going to add one more and kind of this rite of passage through the ups and downs of this season. That clubhouse didn't feel like 42 and 42, but that's what a four-game winning streak can do, right? That is what catching fire in baseball can do. This is the high school that my kids uh, have gone to. Uh, their baseball team this year went to Florida, got bashed in the head, started the season 0 and 4. New coach. Pretty renowned program, pretty high expectations at this school when it comes to to not just getting the playoffs but winning state titles. They start 0-4, they come back, they're 4-8, and they're injured, they're kind of beat up, and then they won their last 17 in a row. You know, to, it got hot at the right time. That, that belief that starts to create in baseball as much as any other sport, man, when number one gets a hit and Mike Ford gets a hit and Caballero is a pest and everybody's contributing and role players rise to the occasion and you scratch a bunch of wins together, yeah, you get clubhouses like that that do not feel like a 42-42 and 42 team on paper but may just be getting hot at the right time before this all-star game. Uh, I love this Logan Gilbert sound. Yes, I'm a little schmaltzy. Yeah, I read into things maybe a little too much, but, man, I loved hearing what I heard yesterday. We'll get to that. A little Blue 88. Stretchy is in for Salk, and you're listening to the Brock and Salk Show right here on your home for All-Star Week, Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. You're listening to Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Oh, going to be such a better all-star game. Festivities will be kicking off this weekend. Play throughout Monday and Tuesday up to the game to now have three Mariners. That feels right. right? It's not the eight that they had the last time the all-star game was in Seattle in 01, but it's not the one that you were sitting there looking at going, one? Everybody gets one. Even Oakland gets one. That didn't feel quite right. Uh, to get George added in there, A, he's deserving of it. He's been phenomenal this year. He goes in with the injury to McClanahan from the Rays. And then to get Julio in there. And, uh, you know, as you heard a bunch on the different broadcasts, you know, this is still an exhibition. And you still want the stars. And we'll ask Jeff Passon about it in about an hour or so. Jeff, nice enough to move uh, his daily um, or his weekly appearance from uh, Tuesday to today at 830 but to see now three stretchy feels right. And then to lead into it with what you're doing, most importantly, on the field. And, you know, you said yesterday in your show notes, so I want to honor you, right? When we, we have a guest, <laughs> when we have a, we have a guest in, 
And uh, that guest has some thoughts and ideas, and and you know this business, and you know radio. I want to I want to honor your sh- your show note and your commitment. You felt like the seventh and eighth and ninth led up to that. Why don't we play those uh, end of each of those calls? So the seventh inning, cut number two here, is Logan Gilbert was building and building and building on a career day. Logan's three two on the way to Crawford. Swung on, bounding ball to second base, scooped up by Colton Wong, the throw to first, he got him. Logan Gilbert, a brilliant day here in San Francisco. Outstanding this afternoon, he blanks the Giants through seven innings. Great day for Logan Gilbert as he stomps off the mound in San Francisco in the sunshine, retiring the last 11 of 12 he sees. Now, I know that's not riveting, right? I I know, but for me... Listening in my car, and I know Gary Hill, and I think he's I think he's underrated, underappreciated. To be very honest with you, I hired him to do some Seahawk things, and he's just a pro. You I, hired I, him? You cut his check? Is that what you said? Yeah, for a couple games. I, uh huh, I did. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's a pet peeve of mine. I'm totally sorry. Oh, but that's all right. Get, get get back on it. But I I really like. Oh, we could hear... do 12 minutes on you just saying that right there. <laughs> Excuse me. I had him work for the. Thank you. Uh, show for the for the game day. Show. Maybe there was an old PD there that I'm a little scarred, and because he was like, "Oh, I hired this guy in Kansas City. Oh, I hired this guy. I got oh, you. I hired." I'm okay, like, dude, relax. Take so, it down. And okay, notch. that's not what okay. I meant. Hey, Gary, can you come in and fill in for uh, two games? Yeah, Matt, I'd love to. What do you need? Sorry, I I, I apologize. I'm Anyways, sorry. I've worked with Gary, and he's a pro, and and <laughs> and I'm going to ignore you now. So the the buildup, and uh, and also doing that where in the seventh, it, maybe you're like eh, Matt that wasn't that exciting but yep. just to start his voice inflection and it was a ground ball and Logan was going to get out of the seventh inning and he is watching and he's trying to project that he's watching something special right seven yep. innings of shutout ball and his voice goes up a little bit Riz goes up in the next cut that you'll make fun of me maybe again next minute but but you could just tell and I and I told more in the six o'clock hour that I I did a game, and and for a lot of people, a one nil win is not that fun. But Stephen Fry kept making these saves, and I was like, I am watching a pro at his craft do what he needs to do. And Logan Logan Gilbert, witnessed by Rick Riz and Gary Hill, was was doing this, and you could just tell in their voice that it was they were watching something special that the Mariners needed. Yeah, last year or a couple years ago, I think it was two years ago actually, in their ninety win season, there was a lot of talk about the run differential for the Mariners because they had like a negative run differential and the and the different theories and analytics would tell you the team is just not this good. They're just playing over their skis. They're getting good luck. And, you know, service got to the point where, no, it's we're, it's a fun differential. All right, th- these guys enjoy one another. They enjoy this journey. They have bought into what we are doing. And I think Logan at that point on television, Stretchy, you could see Matt Brash was starting to warm up. Bull t- bullpen was starting, mm-hmm. you know, his pitch count's getting a little bit higher. He's through seven. And you still have enough arms in the bullpen that if you wanted to go there, you could go there. They did not. And instead, Logan comes out for the eighth. And here's how it sounded to finish up that eighth frame. Here's the windup and the 2-2 to Peterson. Swinging a ground ball. Off, skips off the top of the mound. Behind the bag at second. JP's there. He throws the first in time to get Peterson. And the inning is over. Holy smokes. Logan Gilbert has gone eight scoreless innings this afternoon here in San Francisco to match his season high and his career high. The big man out of Stetson has been outstanding. We go to the top of the ninth inning. It's the Mariners six and the Giants nothing. 
So in the car, I'm driving around and in, in the car. So obviously, and you're playing add on, right? So you got two more in the eighth. So the yep. big thing is, is he coming out? And to your point, there was rumblings in the, in the, in the bullpen, but you know, you, a complete game shutout. A, it doesn't happen. B, if his pitch count is fine, it's obvious he's coming out. But what it what it does for on so many different levels, and obviously bullpen rests on and so forth. So the big thing is, is he coming out? Yep. Is he coming out? Is he coming out? And, and Rick Riz there, right there, gave you that, oh, you know, there it is. There it is. And then the pitch count's under control. Uh, and and so the wait you know, happens. The, yeah, the big the, the lefty, the crafty lefty Bill Kruger would like to, you know, I remember him multiple times on broadcasts through the years saying, man, these guys are like racehorses. You love the horses. You love the horse. You were just telling a great racehorse story in, in, in during the break in the backup studio. You love horse racing. And Kruger would say, man, when that horse is coming down the stretch, let him finish. Yeah. I know pitch counts are important. I know protecting arms are important. I know that the arm injuries are an all-time high right now. But when that guy is going, when, that horse, when that horse is coming down the stretch, man, yeah. you go yeah. let him finish. And that's what it sounded like here to finish this complete game in the ninth. The windup and the one-two on the way. Swing and a miss, strike three, and he did it. Logan Gilbert with a complete game, six-nothing shutout win over the Giants here at Oracle Park in San Francisco. A high five and a hug from his catcher Tom Murphy. His teammates out to greet him. So Logan Gilbert, his first ever complete game, his first ever complete game shutout, and the 152nd in the history of the Mariners franchise. What a gem of an outing for Logan Gilbert. Mm, so good. The reaction. Uh, not not Rick Riz, the team. Yep. Y- you know, I, I've, come, I've kind of thought maybe too much about this is, on the road, did they need to get on the road? I mean, obviously they won two big ma- two big matches, two big games against Tampa. But there's something about the celebration of not mm-hmm. only having Kirby and Julio named to the All Star team, but this performance. And I don't know if it's an exhale or you know the embarrassing did series. They need the versus road the or did they need Saturday and Sunday? Right, Friday night was. Justin Barnes, you were you were were you, were you working? Yeah, were you I was working that game, and that was oh, those are some pretty loud boos that night. I mean, that was as loud, and, and I'm sure part of you as a player, and I've been booed. I mean, my last year at Washington, Stretchy got so bad that uh, Grandma Peg had to drink her box wine in the minivan with Ann Bonnie. Like she couldn't, she could not go into the stadium. Yeah, there she was a lot want, of us that couldn't go in the stadium that year. Bro. She didn't. She didn't want to. <laughs> she didn't want to sit and hear. You know, Molly nearly punched a frat boy in the face. Like it was a hard year. I, I you, you pretend not to hear that noise and those boos, but that was real, man. That was hard. And you know, we'd come off of a of a good year the year before a, an underperformance with the amount of talent we had because of injuries and otherwise. But my last year in school, it was hard and those boos were real. And there was something to your point about going out on the road, right. And being able to, Hey man, you're going to come together. You're going to get a little bit closer. You don't have the pressure of, of those home fans and, and rightfully so. I mean, the Husky fans, <laughs> big part of the success there for decades and decades was that pressure? Was that expectation? Was that home field advantage? And that Friday night was, that was, 
I know Larry Stone has written bottom. Is this bottom? Is this bottom? To me, Friday night was bottom because the cascade of booze was at a monumental high for this team. Well, what bad timing. And I'm being dead serious that fireworks night was that night. So people are sticking around. Yep. They stuck around. They would have left in 6-4, The place would have emptied out. A buddy Correct. of mine had four people, four guests that he said, you guys ready? No, we're staying for the fireworks, as did a lot of people, and that's when the booze came down. I mean, uh-huh. there, there was a lot of people hanging around. Frustration. Yep. And, and to your point, it's excellence, right? Why did you get booed? Husky fans were expecting excellence, a winning, uh, a tradition. Yep. Uh, this this year, this was again, a World Series team. Right? Th- this was th- the, the expectation th- from you. the owner and we're the moving president. Forward. Yep. Yeah, we're moving forward. Larry Stone said it in an article last weekend was was expectations, and so here you are getting your butt <laughs> throttled. Go ahead. Yeah. Was that the expectation <laughs> cut you wanted to play? But no. Uh, no it, and, and so there it was. But I just feel and I just felt like you could hear. And, and I was joking, the microphones in San Francisco. You can hear the, the Mariner dugout cheering yes. for each other for a walk. Mike yep. Ford walked. And, and I was looking at the box score from, I believe it was Monday. Nothing happened that inning, but he worked himself to a walk, and you could hear the players. It was like a college baseball game, yeah. and if well, that's what they need on the road, then so be it. Look out, Houston Astros. Well, I've been waiting for this, Stretchy. I, I had been waiting to hear a, a player kind of put this out there the way Logan did, and obviously after a career performance, one where mom and dad are there, where he sticks that ball in his back pocket after a complete game shutout, which is becoming – I mean, is that as rare as a no-hitter in today's baseball? You, you com- just don't see it. You don't see it. I mean, you, you just I mean, you really. Unheard of. Yep. So Logan puts that ball in his back pocket. He's asked after the game, cut six here, uh, Justin, asked about the team, right? And I'll play Scott Service. Actually, you know what? Play Scott Service first. Give me cut number seven. Here's Scott Service talking about, A, the three-pitch inning, and from the skipper's perspective, what that dugout was feeling before I play the Logan sound. Yeah, you know, they had the, the crazy one inning with three, the three-pitch inning. And I always joke with our guys, like, that can never happen. And when it happened, about three or four of them came up to me and said, Skip, what would you be doing right now? I said, I'd be going crazy. And lo and behold, when you have a quick inning like that, it allows the starter to go deep. So uh, uh, Logan had plenty left in the tank. Um, after he came off, after the eighth inning, he didn't even look at me. He just stuck his fist out and kept right on walking. So, uh, you know, it was, it was funny to the guys in the, in the dugout. If Logan goes down in the tunnel, they start chanting Logan, Logan, Logan. As Woody went to the phone, I'm like, yeah, Logan's going back out, guys. Relax. We're good. How cool is that? I and just this. some of those dynamics. Give me a little goosebumps right there. I've not had really any goosebumps like that. Just hearing some sound from those team dynamics. And then from Logan's perspective, cut number six, of what that meant to him with those teammates having his back. It's pretty cool. I mean, everybody in there, they really care about each other. I think that's what really matters for this team. And when we play well, especially, so it's pretty cool that they would do that for me. And, you know, everybody had a good game and Fordo and everybody, but to be able to, like, chant my name right there is pretty cool. Bonding. I, I use the word Logan. bonding. Logan. Yeah. He's got a good two-syllable name, too, right? Like, that kind of helps. It works. Yeah, like if it was just Matt. 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 Like, eh, that's, it's. I mean, it works, but. I think Logan. it's stretchy. 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 Don't screw it up. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. I mean, bonding. I mean, if that's again, we're talking about a, a 42, 42 and 42, and 42 team. Yeah. And, and, you know, 
again, back it up. You have to back it up. The good part is, is here comes today. But the bad part is, is here comes today with a yep. 500 team, you know, undecided. Well, not only that, Bryce Miller not in to today. That mm-hmm. blister, they put him on the 15-day IL, which was the absolute right move. Right. You get the all-star break as well. You give that thing more than enough time, extra time to heal. But that means your guy, man, Tommy Malone, one of your favorites. <laughs> Tommy I've been Malone. following him since Class A ball, and he's got it in him. He's got it in him. You know, give us four. I wanted wanted to say this, man. I said this to you during the break. Not a day goes by where I don't think about our friend, Dory Monson. You were close to him, really, really close to him. I was close with him and a friend of his. And honestly, Tommy Malone reminds me of Dory Monson. I was going to say, what (laughs) what is the tie-in here? Yeah, That's the tie-in. Because Tommy Malone is five foot nothing. You know, like... (laughs) You, you know, you, but if you play Dory Monson in ping pong, if you play Dory Monson in pig, if you play Dory Monson on our championship weekend three on three, if you play Dory Monson in a shooting contest, Dory Monson going to come out there all bow legged, and you're thinking no chance. He couldn't believe I beat him in ping pong. He was mad at me that Sunday. <laughs> so mad. He, he was so mad. But yeah, bring on Tommy Malone. I mean, you know, next guy up, I guess. I mean, five so foot what, nothing, eighty no, uh, mile per hour, nothing, and yet he knows how to play and compete. And when they did this earlier in the year, I think he went four and a third of shutout innings against Colorado, and and he knows what he's up against. He knows what he is. He, he knows the role he's going to play, and golly, wouldn't it be nice if he's the one to get this team to a place they've not been all year? You know what that would be? A five-game winning streak. I was just going to say, for the first time, a five-game winning streak. In the last four, they've outscored their opponents 27-14, and it's just, and you know, yesterday was out without Ty France after his linebacker hit against the the third baseman there. So he was sore, and that's how tough he is. He stayed in the game. That other guy didn't. Um, But, but, I mean... This team is starting. If you're going to put the pitching, let's let's do rosy rosy color glasses here. You got the pitching here. Now the bullpen's a little bit fresher, obviously for today. Yep. You know they're going to be used. This Malone's going what? You want to get what from him? Four? Five. It's you five. Five would be oh, phenomenal. Come on, Brock. Five would be Brock, phenomenal. Brock, Why Brock, not? Brock, 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 Why not five for Stop. a five? You just game watch Logan straight. Gilbert. Now you're drinking the Logan Gilbert Kool Aid. Slow down. He's going to go okay, four. Yeah, right, He's going to okay. go four. You hope to get four from him. Four solid. If he goes five, I'll send you a little gift card. I'll okay. send you a little gift card. Because if he goes five, then the Mariners are in great shape to win their fifth in a row. And then all of a sudden you're picking off teams like, you know, Boston, L.A. Angels who have their own trouble. Toronto, you still have four or five teams in front of you to get to that wild card spot. But again, if it's starting to roll and you're 500 now, you're looking at 90 wins. Come on. You're looking at 90 wins. At least get 88 for those who took the over. Okay, well, let's uh, let's go on this one. We got blue 88. We did it Monday. Let's see if we can do it a little sharper, a little more efficient. Three good football questions. We call it blue 88. This is Brock and Sox blue 88. Blue 88! Blue 88! We take you to the field as Brock Ewer breaks down three football questions as only he can. Now here's your hosts, Brock Ewer and Mike Saw. <laughs> smooth because more is going to ask the questions oh i hope people are watching on the stream remember what camera you're looking at and remember this is an old school radio that you did with the terrestrial radio now everybody's watching they're watching the stream and they just saw you go and read your lips and go i don't have the three questions yeah well that's why i wore my fancy shirt today you know the eyes are squinty but boy i hope the shirt makes up for it 
Well, you always know if you need the questions that they're not in the email because Brock texts them to us from tub time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So they were late. Okay. No, they were early. No, no, they were earlier in the day. No, it was earlier in the day. But I added them to the show sheet, but it's. And they're on the show sheet. Don't worry about it, Stretchy. I'm new. You can't do it all. You can't be beautiful, talented, and well read. And squinty eyed. Correcto. Where's the caffeine? Sorry, Mark. All right, go question ahead. number one. Here we go. All right, what do the next three weeks look like before training camp for the Hawks? Three weeks from today, they're going to be uh, rolling on the field. On that Wednesday, the Seahawks will be back. They'll go through their physicals at that point. I'm kind of curious to hear from Matt's perspective, too, because remember, he worked there for 11, 12 years. And I know that there is somewhat of a similar timing ramp up wise to that building just goes quiet. And right now, that building is quiet. Dead. Everybody is away. It's beautiful. Yes, it's it's the one kind of breather before you know what's coming. And what's coming is every day, seven days a week for the next six months. So this is really a, a time for players to totally get away. Now, in doing so, they've also got to run. They've also got to lift. It wouldn't surprise me at all if Geno Smith has called some of the fellas and said, hey, uh, where, where do you want to meet? I'll, I'll meet you. Where, where are you guys going to be? Down in Texas, like he did in the spring before OTAs began. More than likely, that will happen in the in the coming weeks, just so they get you know some of the rhythm and some of their timing, and so they don't come back totally cold three weeks from today. But it is the time in the NFL calendar where it is quiet, where the Matt Stretch Johnsons and the Dave Pearsons and the guys that work upstairs get a chance to get away. The John Schneiders, all of them, truly. Try to plug in with their family, with what they love to do before three weeks from now. And it goes by really fast. I remember these days. I don't think they, any day in the calendar flew by faster as a football player than like July 5th to July 20th. Because you know what's coming. And that is a lot of work ahead of you. One thing lacking in the Pete Carroll coaching resume. So I was listening. I was listening to the herd yesterday as I was driving around for some last minute groceries. I got the baseball boys over tonight, stretch, find the finale. They've got their last tournament this weekend. Every Wednesday, they come to the house and I feed them pizza and protein drinks. And uh, tonight, we're going big. But tonight, pizza and protein drinks. Call pizza and protein. Yep. But tonight, we're going steak. Interesting fellow. Tonight, we're going steak and mac and cheese and Caesar salad. We are going all in tonight. So I was getting some of my last marinades and accompaniments, and I was listening to uh, The Hurt, and he was talking about Bill Belichick versus Andy Reid. And it was it was a pretty pretty good debate when you look at what Andy Reid has done with multiple teams, multiple quarterbacks versus Bill Belichick in his career. Nine games under 500 without Tom Brady. Andy Reid a whole lot better. But then he started talking as well about Andy Reid's coaching tree versus Bill Belichick's. Belichick's guys, they've gone on and... They move on, don't they? Bailed. Well, they, I mean, they've they have gotten, you know, there's been a bunch of them on a lot of different staffs and it doesn't work. You know, they, they, trying to repeat what Bill has done and built there in New England and do it in kind of that sourpuss way has not really done well in other places. Andy Reid's coaching tree, and this is how I'll ultimately answer that question about Pete. Andy Reid's coaching tree, Sean McDermott, John Harbaugh, Nagy, Doug Peterson, Ron Rivera, Shermer. I mean, it is long, and there's a bunch of guys that have won a lot of games and playoff games and taken teams to Super Bowls and even won a Super Bowl. So that crew and those branches of Andy Reid's tree, phenomenal. And that is the one thing at the NFL level that hasn't materialized as much as I would have thought. It did in college, Lane Kiffin and and, uh, Steve Sarkeesian and Ed Orgeron and and guys at the college level were able to go on and, and find some success elsewhere. 
other than Dan Quinn, Stretch, has there been another? Gus Bradley got an opportunity, one, and it it was okay. Not a second chance. Yeah, I guess he's more the, the coordinators come out, don't they? Yeah, I more, mean more of the coordinators, but, and that's but, their ceiling. But the coaching tree over it's fourteen tough... years for Pete at the NFL level, not what it certainly has been for Andy Reid and, and some of the others. We're, we're taking these things and slicing them up, and what's he missing? You know, he's yep. missing that second Super Bowl. Yes, uh, but Andy Reid, you're talking about elite, right? And and yep. what Belichick? See, the, the comparisons are so tough. What Belichick did that and that organization did so brilliantly was they kept on adding. Mm-hmm. They kept on adding, and it was it, subtracting. Guys would go get paid, and all of a sudden they'd bring someone in. So it's so unfair to say he had one quarterback. Yeah, that he did, who got paid pretty well, and he kept taking his numbers and and moving yep. his money around. But yep. that organization kept winning and winning. Yes. Andy Reid brilliant. You're talking about two Hall of Fame. Well, it's one, two, and three. The last ten years, those are the three. It's Andy Reid, it's uh, Belichick, it's and it's Pete Carroll. Those are the three winningest coaches in the last decade of the NFL. And so to say that someone's missing, you know, what's missing in his resume. I guess it's surprising to me, honestly, because you know what Pete and Andy Reid have in common? Connective tissue. Bill Belichick does not. He's not a people pleaser. That is a hard, cold-blooded business operation. And they did move on. And they moved on from people stretch. And and they brought the next one in. And they were willing to do that and sustained a lot of success. I met but, Bill. I met Bill Belichick one time, and he was as funny as I couldn't believe how funny he was. Yes, is absolutely. You know, is behind smart, the many yeah, things behind the scenes. But it's the one thing exactly I guess it's surprising. Right, I would have thought that Pete Carroll's coaching tree at the NFL level. But it shows you he really is the straw that stirs the drink. He really is the one in that building that has such a huge imprint on their success. Question three. What and or who is the bar for Jackson Smith and Jigba's rookie season? I was looking at the greatest rookie receiving seasons in Seahawks history. Do you know who has them? Two guys with just numbers-wise. The two best rookie wide receiver seasons. Blaze. Brian Blades at eight touchdown receptions. That is a franchise record. You're absolutely right. Jackson. And then from uh, and then from no. yards, nope. D-Jack's pretty good. But no, it's actually DK Metcalf and his 900 yards and, what, seven touchdowns as a rookie. That is the bar. Are those two levels attainable for Jackson Smith and Jigba? Wow. 800 yards, 900 yards, seven, eight touchdowns. Are those numbers reachable for Jackson Smith and Jigba? The touchdowns, yes. The yards, no. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Yes, the yards, no. And I think it will depend an awful lot on the health of Tyler and DK. If those two guys play 15, 16 games, I don't think those numbers are quite attainable. But the numbers you're going to want to see are third down numbers. That is where I think he is going to be and why they took him where they took him. Uh, there were other Zay Flowers, kid out of Boston College, home run hitter, great receiver. Loved, they loved him, too. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, it was like, okay, nope, DK's here. He's here for the long term. Tyler's still got a few more years. We need that third component. We need that role player that can be a star, but we need that third down difference maker. And that is where I think his numbers could supersede any rookie in the history of this team when it comes to that money down, and that's what I'll be watching. If those four, if those three all play 13, 14 games, I don't give a damn what anybody's numbers are. Whoa, whoa, whoa okay. Oh, damn, I can't whoa. say damn? Jeez. Oh, gosh, I don't give a gosh darn no. what the numbers are if they play 14 games, each of them. <laughs> 
goodness. Sorry. It's oh, is that? Oh gosh. Okay, no, no, I'm learning. I'm just learning. No, I'm no. learning that. Yeah, don't say the D word. Yeah, we'll buy or sell next, and we'll see whether or not the D word is on there. It's the Brock and Talk Show. You're only home for All Star Week. Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app.